Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegel here with Ross Martin bringing you our instant reactions to the Heels 77-57 win over Harvard just a few short minutes ago. So, Ross, let's kind of start this one. You know, overall impressions of the team and, and the win. You know, We talked about just very briefly off air. Both of us yeah, just kind of see it as another, you know, just non-conference win against a Harvard team that I said really wasn't that great. And they kind of showed it, but you know, what, what's your kind of just quick thoughts here overall about the game? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I really think this Harvard team was pretty bad. There was stretches where they were turning the bar ball over on every possession and UNC didn't really take advantage in the first half. At one point, Harvard took the lead. Um, and at one point, I think Harvard had 11 turnovers and UNC was only up by six. Um, and, Clearly, North Carolina was the better team, more athletic, better players. I, just, I thought they should have been up by more in the first half and should have kind of taken over more, which they, which they eventually did in the second half. I just, I just don't think this team, this UNC team, is that good. And I don't know what it is. Um, you know, you think they have the parts with Luke May, Cameron Johnson, Kenny Williams, and the, the two freshmen who, who were expected to come in and be big-time contributors. I just don't see this team really, I don't know, doing that much in the ACC. You know, the normal, they'll be there. They'll make the tournament and they'll they'll win a game or two in the tournament. But I don't think this team has what it takes, um, you know, to, to go far. Maybe we're jumping too far ahead. Maybe we should just talk about the Harvard game. But uh, I thought Little looked pretty good. I think he got more, more time and looked more comfortable seeing that ball go through the hoop on the three-point shot was nice. You know, having five players score double figures is good. There's The one thing about this team is a lot of guys can score. No one is really scoring in the twenty-point range um, since kind of that Kobe White game against Texas, um, and, and May has been quietly very, very consistent, averaging probably on fifteen, sixteen points now. He put, had fourteen points and seven rebounds, um, but other than that, nothing really stands out. It was kind of a ho hum game, like you said, a little boring. Uh, I don't think UNC did anything special. I just think Harvard kind of sucked, and and UNC was just a better team and, and made some shots and, and got it done. What do you think, John? What? Well, UNC made enough shots to win, but I think you hit the nail. You hit the the nail on the head there, Ross. Where you know, just Harvard, they had twenty two turnovers, and in a game where the Heels only had eleven comparatively, so they had the two to one advantage in the turnover margin. You honestly would expect them to win by pop, probably more than twenty at home, and really, it was not a very good shooting night for UNC. I mean, forty one point nine percent overall. And 28.6 from three-point, only hitting on six of their 21 attempts. And I think going back to to the point that you made that about this Heels team just possibly not being very good, I kind of agree with you in the sense that we, we've seen when Carolina was shooting lights out, they look like juggernauts, but that is kind of developing into just not something that the heels can really rely on. I mean, Kobe white going zero for four, that's kind of disheartening to see, you know, cam was two for five. You can live with that. Kenny one for three. He's just still not really finding the bottom of, of the basket. The thing that stood out to me is Luke may, even though he did finish with, with 14 points, he was only one for four from three. And he took a couple, I thought that were very rushed shots. 
Um, he tried to, to take some threes off the dribble. I think on one in the second half, you know, Roy Williams really got irritated that he took a quick off balance three from the top of the key that just did not go in. And so while I think the Harvard game is a good tune up before the ACC play begins this Saturday, it really didn't show me anything you know, that the heels can really maybe make some noise come March because even though it was a 20 point win, it's kind of weird. It didn't really feel like it. And when the second half started, I think what Harvard cut it down to seven or eight Ross before, like you said, they just started turning it over every single time. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you hit some of the same points. Yeah. I mean, UNC didn't shoot that well. They still won by 20. That's reassuring. I think this team's going to have to shoot really well like they did against Gonzaga to have a chance against some of the better teams in the ACC. Mm-hmm. They're not getting enough scoring down low. Brooks got in foul trouble early. Um, he was kind of only there with Sterling Manley out with uh, a sore knee. Brooks was on, their only real big man. Huffman only didn't really play much at all. Um, and Brooks had seven points and three rebounds. I mean, that's not going to cut it. And so they went small, and they went very small. There was a lineup in without Luke May. I think I tweeted it out. Um, it was like Woods, Kenny Williams, Cameron Johnson, uh, Nasir Little, and Leaky Black. And so it was a it was a non. There was no big men on that uh, on that lineup. It was kind of a five out zero in lineup. And you know they're going to have to go to that more. And maybe that's a good thing with with Sterling Manley out. They're going to kind of be forced to go smaller uh, if it Brooks or Luke may get in foul trouble. But look, um, Harvard had eight blocks and I saw Harvard just kind of like, yeah, Luke may and Garrison Brooks would go inside and they got blocked. I mean, that's what this team, this UNC team lacks is kind of that really tall kind of big score inside. Um, and, and may over his whole career has had a, um, his, it's, he gets blocked easier because he, he is, he's not that tall. He's six, seven, and a little limited playing down low. But, you know, a team like Harvard blocking you eight times, that's a really high number there for a team that is not as physically gifted. Uh, Woods got blocked a couple times. So um, I think that's going to be a big issue. I've said it on it, probably every podcast I've been on the last couple months. Uh, the lack of an interior scorer, uh, a, a rim protector, a really, really good rebounder outside of May, that's going to hurt this team against really good teams um, in the ACC. And they'll run to somebody in the tournament that has a big lineup like Texas A&M did last year, and that's going to uh, prove trouble. So rebounding was something to me. I was surprised when I when I put up the box score before we did this podcast because watching the game, I would have thought that UNC out-rebounded Harvard by a pretty significant margin. Harvard got some lucky bounces um, where they shot the threes and they got the long rebounds or able to get to them. But it, they actually, the heels only out-rebounded Harvard by three, 39 to 36 overall. Harvard had five offensive rebounds, 31 defensive. And, you know, Caroline had the same number of defensive rebounds, 31. They just had eight offensive. So there's where the difference was. But, you know, that that was kind of surprising to me. What do you think about that, Ross? Like, would, would do you have yeah. thought that the Keels did a better job on the boards? Yeah, I didn't even notice that. 34, or 38 to 34 rebound differential. Um, that's pretty unusual. And UNC... Usually when UNC wins by 20 or in these games against lesser talented opponents in the non-conference, uh, it's usually at least a 10 rebound differential. Um, that's one of the key stats I look at. Uh, and, and Roy teams in general, Roy Williams coach teams in general, um, 
dominant on the boards, even against ACC teams. That's kind of where they, they they make their money there. So that's surprising to see, especially against a team at Harvard. It didn't seem like they had any real big man, but it did seem that they still gave UNC trouble down low. No real player scored a lot of points down low. A couple layups here and there for Luke and, and Brooks and, and to see a little on some drives and some dunks. But other than that, um, it, yeah, it did seem like Harvard – you know, kind of equaled what UNC did down low. And that's just so unusual for Roy Williams coach team, but something we've kind of become comfortable with the last two years with the, the lack of um, really good, solid big man recruiting. That's kind of showing its head now here in 2019. Happy new year, by the way, John. Absolutely. Happy new year to you too, man. Yeah. <laughs> First uh, podcast for me for the 2019 yeah, being same. gone for, for a little while, but um you know, the, the heels were able to kind of lock Harvard down on defense. And I thought that that's where there was a decided athletic advantage, Ross, where the heels left a lot of points on the on the court there by not capitalizing on those 22 turnovers that they forced. But I think it was encouraging to see UNC kind of play a little bit of the lockdown defense, especially when their shots weren't falling during the start of that second half. And then you know, they did eventually kind of work themselves out, out of that cold slump there. And Harvard is shooting 38.9% overall. I feel that this was a game where they did miss a couple of the open looks from three that I feel like a better team would have been able to knock down. But overall, I, I do think that that shooting percentage is a good reflection on the heels' ability to deny the, the 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 crimson easy passes to the inside and they did do a good job of closing down and forcing shooters to move from their spots do you think that that's kind of the i guess the main takeaway that the heels were able to really play some good defense and prevent harvard from doing what they wanted on 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 that side yeah i mean they forced a lot of turnovers that's good to see a lot of steals unc had 12 steals that that sounds like a season high i don't remember a number bigger than that this season so that's reassuring it didn't seem like you know you can kind of sometimes it's easy to tell when when roy williams is going to rip into his team for defensive a lack of defense and holding them to 57 points whether that was just bad shooting or, or unc's defense probably usually a combination of the two um that's reassuring to see because that has been an issue another issue with this with this unc team has been turnovers unc only had 11 so that's kind of around where you want the, the average to be. I think it's been more around 15 this season. Um, but things get serious now with uh, with Pittsburgh on Saturday at Pittsburgh and I think at State on Tuesday, Yeah, um, which is uh, it's kind of crazy. That game is already coming. But I want to point out one player. I, I think with Manly out, and I don't know, I'm, I'm not basing this on anything, but it might be a, a situation where Manly's out longer than we expect, so more than one game. It's not based on anything, but sometimes these things happen where they just want to give him time. You're going to see Nasir a little more. I think that can help him. He needs to get more minutes to get more comfortable. He had another kind of solid game with 12 points and seven rebounds. But I think a player that deserves a lot more time, and I think it would kind of help his team, is Leaky Black. Whenever he's in, it just seems like he contributes. He's a good defender. I noticed that today. He's so long. It poses a lot of issues for perimeter players and you know he's it's kind of crazy he's he's a really smooth offensive player two for two I think we're both kind of nice little mid-range shots um and it seems like when he comes in he always helps the team it doesn't hurt to have another ball handler on the court um and he can play you know three maybe four positions for UNC especially when they go small 
but one of those makes was actually a three point and oh, that's it, right. right yeah and it but it looked really good i mean that's what's been surprising to me is coming in leaky wasn't really known as a three point shooter but he's his percentage has to be very decent overall even though he hasn't taken that many but like you said Russ, i mean five points that he actually scored but then he had two assists so responsible for nine and then two steals he really is kind of a do-it-all player and and i agree i i really would like to see leaky black kind of be that first guard off the bench what was interesting to me is in the second half it was very brief and i'd like to see um adrian atticuson who does awesome stats work for inside carolina maybe um look into that into, into this is roy played kobe white and seventh woods at the same time and i think maybe seventh was the quote-unquote two guard there but I thought that that's actually something I personally would like to see a little bit more especially when Kenny Williams with his outside shots not falling and um, maybe he's a little bit tired I actually would like to see seventh and Kobe both on the on the court at the same time because I think that gives the heels two dynamic players who can create off off the dribble what's your thoughts on those two guys uh, sharing some court time together Ross yeah, I don't think getting hurt. I think having more speed on the court um, is a good thing for this team. I always think that it, it always looks really good when Kobe's leading the break. He he moves so fast. They mentioned on the broadcast he really pushes the ball, and you can kind of tell um, just you know his his speed and how quickly he gets the ball out on made baskets to go the other direction really gives teams trouble. And I think it was more evident watching it on TV. Um, tonight than ever and uh you know woods didn't didn't seem like he had that great of a game um zero points what three assists i'm looking at it right now three assists two turnovers kind of a ho-hum game for him as well um you'd like to see him score a little more but i thought white was solid um the shooting percentages though for unc they shot uh let's see 41.9 percent as you mentioned i mean he white was four for 11 johnson five for 13 May for f- five for eleven, so the not the usual efficiency from those three players who have been the kind of the go-to scorers for UNC. Um, so yeah, I mean, in general, what do you think about this team? I know it seems like you're a little higher on this team than I am. I just don't think they have the pieces. Um, I think they're. It's weird because you you kind of go into this year, you think they're more, you think they'd be more talented than last year, and really said as much. But I just think Nasir Little and Kobe White maybe aren't even though they're, they're clearly very talented, maybe not as important to this team and as talented as, or as, yeah, as important to the t- team as, uh, as Thea Pence and Joel Berry were. And that's kind of the two switches you see on this team and the lack of big man development and just having to rely more and more on Kenny Williams and Luke May for points is, um, I don't know. It isn't kind of the offense that I think will help this team thrive. Cause last year it was Joel Berry, and Theo Pinson could really, really score. And then surprisingly, Luke May can have nowhere to kind of lead the team offensively uh, and catch a lot of teams off guard. This year, uh, though he is very consistent, it doesn't seem like May is as at, at his best when it, he is the go-to guy. I don't know if that makes sense to you. Yeah, it, it does. And I think you're, you're, you're onto something there where Luke is kind of one of those guys that he's going to drop like 14, you know, anywhere from 12 to maybe 17 points. And but he'll do it on the quiet side. Like he'll hit a few threes. He will make be, make some crafty moves on the inside. But when UNC is kind of forcing 
the ball to him and relying on him to be the guy. Yeah, I don't think that they're playing up to their true potential in, in that type of, of setup. Let's take a real quick break, though, Ross, and when we get back, let's kind of go to wrap this thing with looking ahead to the start of ACC play, get our overall thoughts on how the Heels did in non-conference. So we'll be right back after this. And we're back with the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegler here with Ross Martin breaking down the 77-257 to UNC victory over Harvard to wrap up the non-conference schedule. Uh, Ross, we said this at, before we started the podcast, is it's kind of a good thing that UNC gets to start the ACC play against Pittsburgh, even though it is a road game. I mean, Pitt is just not a very good team. Uh, UNC should win that one, I feel like, going away. And especially with a non-conference where it was up and down. I mean, UNC got that huge win over Gonzaga, but then they also fell flat against Michigan State. Um, three total losses, that tough one to to Kentucky. I think that if the Heels can start off ACC play and get a, a big win over Pitt and then hopefully go into Raleigh to face a Wolfpack team that we know Roy Williams is going to have his team ready for, he hates NC State, so he will absolutely have them prepared for that one. If UNC can start off 2-0, you know, do you think that that could potentially help them propel and get some confidence going, Ross, once they do start playing some of the better ACC teams, especially the surprise ones like Virginia Tech, who are just having an incredible start to the season? I do, yeah, I think 2-0 would be a good thing for confidence. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean... <laughs> I think uh, Pittsburgh. I mean, you're you're saying they're going to go in and and beat Pittsburgh, you know, no matter what. I mean, I've seen this. I've seen a UNC team lose their first game at Georgia Tech at Georgia Tech a couple years ago. A really bad Georgia Tech team. So I don't know. I mean, Pittsburgh played Iowa really close. They lost to Niagara. It's certainly not that great of a Pitt team. They've been pretty bad last couple of seasons. But um, you know, it's a game that UNC should win. They should be favored in. I'd look at that state game. State's only got one loss. Um, they haven't been tested that much. They're number 18 in the AP poll. One loss to Wisconsin, but looked really strong. It didn't back down from a ranked Auburn team, a top 10 Auburn team. Um, and they've been pretty dominant. You know, scored 97 against Loyola, Maryland, 98 uh, in the game before that against SC, US, South Carolina Upstate. So, um, I think at state, I mean, that, that game will probably be a four or five spread, maybe three or four spread. I think that's a game UNC can certainly lose. Uh, I think it's, I think state yeah. plays really hard for Kevin Keats. That crowd's going to be rowdy coming back from, from holiday break there Tuesday. I'm sure classes kind of start that week for uh, the Wolfpack students. So, I mean, I, I think it's, it's not crazy. I think UNC starts one-on-one, um, you know, and two is not crazy, and two, of course, could, could certainly happen as well. I think this team has it in it. The Gonzaga game was an example of them playing at their best. Whether they can play better than that is yet to be seen. We see we saw the kind of the worst against uh, Michigan, um, and then also against Kentucky. Um, but outside of that, you know, I think this team is going to lose some ACC games. You know, it's it's not going that's not going to surprise me if they lose uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine, kind of that range of, of games. Let me ask you this, Ross, to wrap it up. And, and you know, it was kind of uh, is doing a very basic question there with obviously Carolina starting to know what would be a good thing. But to flip that around, you know, after NC State, Carolina plays uh, Louisville at home, Notre Dame at home, then at Miami, 
Then they play that top 10 Virginia Tech team at home. So after the NC State game, you know, UNC has a bit of a of a decent stretch there where they get some home games in uh, coming up to the Virginia Tech. If the Heels do go 0-2, though, would you view that as kind of the ACC season? Like, would you already be waving some major red flags at that point? Or do you think that if the Heels lose two ACC road games, you know, that collectively Tar Heel Nation should kind of maybe just take a breath, think, hey, it's a long season, they can still turn this thing around? Yeah, I mean, we've seen championship teams lose the first two ACC games. Uh, I mean, they should beat Pittsburgh, and I think his team, I mean, his team can. I think we're getting too deep into this if they beat Pittsburgh or if not. <laughs> um, yeah. But, I mean, waving the waving a flag here, I mean, I've already seen examples of this team that really scare me in terms of just their potential to, to be a top 20 team. I mean, uh, just the way they, they didn't really come out to play against Michigan and then Kentucky just out-physicaled them and the fact that they have to make a lot of shots uh, to play really well, uh, kind of live by the three, die by the three, is concerning to me. Uh, that's why UNC teams have been so good because they can have that inside-outside game. They just don't have that this year. So those things concern me, uh, and, I, and that, that will be the reason they would lose to, to like a Pittsburgh or a Louisville or a State or Notre Dame. I think they beat Miami. Miami's horrible this year. But, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, you, you like to think that they can put it together and that maybe Nasir kind of uses this extra playing time to break out and, and maybe Kenny Williams gets going and Cam Cam Johnson becomes that kind of 20-point score for UNC. But I think uh, it's hard to see all, the, all those things coming together at once. I think we'll have kind of a, a solid a solid UNC team that makes it maybe to the Sweet 16 or maybe loses early in, in, in the second round, but that's my, my takeaways from this Harvard game. I, I wasn't very impressed with what they did. But, again, yeah. it's Harvard you know, coming back from break, um, maybe a little kind of over this non-conference and ready to kind of get to the meat of the schedule, and maybe they'll play up to their competition. Well, that's a major thing, too, is the non-conference, it was solid. It wasn't the best. It wasn't the worst. You know, it, it, we'll just have to see how this season goes. But I think, Ross, we, we've kind of drained all that we can out of this one. We will see what happens in, in that Pittsburgh game on Saturday at noon. But for this, uh, unless if you had anything else, man, I think I'm going to go ahead and wrap, the, wrap it up. That's it. All right. Well, for everyone here at Inside Carolina, we do appreciate you all for listening. We'll be back later on with more UNC basketball coverage. So stay tuned. Ross, have a good evening, man. See you, man. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.